0: You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network.
1: Hey, these are the movies that molded me. These are the movies that molded me. J- I love the movies. J- I love the movies. Hey, one love. Hey, I like the movies with the boobies. Ha <laughs> ha! What's up, everybody? This is Chris, and you are listening to Movies That Molded Me, which is a podcast game we like to play here, and we like to take the movies uh, of a certain topic and rate them on what we call the grayscale and have a definitive top five list in that genre. It's
2: more than a game, Chris. This is life. (laughs) I'm not playing around here. Or death. I'm about to bare my soul to the listeners, okay? So they're going to understand why I am the way I am. These are the movies that molded me.
3: We're taking it that seriously? That's not good. (laughs) I'm
1: screwed. (laughs) I'm always that serious. You know me. Well, speaking of the movies that molded me, that is the genre for today. These are going to be movies that actually impacted us in a certain way. And we're going to take our top three each person is going to talk about their top three movies that molded them and we're all going to rate those movies if we've seen them based on a rubric that we've come up with uh that we like to call the grayscale. and the reason we call it the grayscale is because we are part of the fade to gray network what what that's right so the rubric uh the it's going to measure <laughs> it's a it's supposed to be a i thought we weren't taking ourselves serious here <laughs> Right. Well, use the rubric however you want, but it's supposed to be an objective way to rate movies based on five criteria. And those five criteria are impact and moldability. I mean, the the show is called Movies That Molded Me. So how impactful was this movie to your life, uh, your outlook on things, your psychology, uh, the acting, how believable and engaging is the acting? Direction, production, screenplay. How well is the story told? Is it cohesive? Um, cinematography, aesthetics, the visuals and audio choices enhance the story. And of course, there's nothing that, that puts me into a movie than the audio and the visuals. I'm really huge on on that. So For me, it's always
2: the quotes. Like if you can think back and like having quotes with your friends and talking about the movie and it kind of bonds you for that that age or time period it kind of just brings you back i think that for me is like how the quotability of a movie as well
3: that's legitimately how i made my list (laughs) right there omar
1: I think that the quotability would go into the next criteria, which is entertainment and relatability. Uh, How well does the movie connect with me and inspire multiple viewings? I think that that might be something that you would rate there in that part. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, like I said, we are going to be doing the top three movies uh, for each of us that molded us. And these are not our top three movies of all time. These are the movies that actually impacted us in a certain way. Um, And then from that top three list for each person, we're going to create a definitive top five list of those movies. Um, And we thought this was pretty appropriate since this is the name of the podcast and uh, a good place to start. Now, technically, this is not our first episode because we've actually put out several episodes on Fade to Gray, but we've uh, gotten so much support and interest from our listeners that we decided to make it its own podcast.
2: And it's fun. It's kind of like standing in your lane. I mean, there's an endless supply of movies. That's really, I mean, it's a great escape. It's a healthy escape. And and honestly, it bonds people together. It's one of those things you can do by yourself, but then go and find a, another community. A lot of times, of whether it's cult followings or, you know, strange things happens with movies. And it's so huge in our culture that I think it's relevant. And it's not like any of us have any sort of degrees in um, entertainment, but it's, um, you can speak on authority in some of a movie, like even if you don't know much about cinematography or screenplay and stuff like that, you can still know a quality movie. I think everybody can say that there's movies that motor them in their life.
3: Yeah, there's pretty much, it's an art form that has shaped our generation for sure. And yeah. uh, there aren't too many people our age who haven't seen movies. <laughs> so there's going to be something that captures us and something that impacts us, uh, so That's the point of this show.
2: And obviously the way people watch movies is changing, you know, and we're going to talk about that in future episodes as well. Um, you know, with streaming and, and Amazon prime and Netflix and, you know, everybody's doing big things, but still, it's never gonna die. It's, it's dreams. It's people's. It. It's. I don't even know how to explain it's what art. it is. It's art. You know, there's no better way to explain it. So
1: yeah, I totally agree. And I think that that's. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, something about how the medium is changing. You know, things are kind of going to streaming. People are going to the theaters less, and I actually think that's a good thing. A lot of people disagree with me on that, and they think, "Oh man, cinema is so pure." But for me, it's like I don't know. I kind of like the idea of watching it from the comfort of my own home, but. Oh, man, there's really nothing like watching a movie like Interstellar and 35 millimeter on a big screen. And I think there's a place for that. And I think that will always be around. But I do like the idea of having everything go direct to my living room, you know, whenever I want it on demand. Uh, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, the listeners know who we are, obviously. Like Do
3: do they, though? I mean, we might need to introduce ourselves, at least for this first episode. Okay. Well,
2: who, who are you then?
3: Well, my name is Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the,
2: the... The leading lady of the
1: show.
3: Oh, all right. All right. I'm the leading lady. And my leading man is Omar Williams. But the master of ceremonies for this podcast episode is Chris.
1: That's me. And the funny thing is, is we have three Williams on the podcast today. We usually always have a special guest come on. And today it's an old friend of mine, Corey Williams. Uh, Corey, you want to say hi to everybody?
0: Hello, everyone. Listeners to the thousands of you. <laughs> Or <laughs> Ten, tens of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's
1: up, Corey? Corey, what gives you the right to come on and tell anyone anything about movies?
0: Um, I watch them uh, pretty regularly, <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh now I've uh, uh, I've written some scripts that have been turned into short films, and uh, me and a friend of mine made a feature film before. Um, so uh, yeah, I've I've like dipped my toe in that arena before, so.
1: Uh well cool. Uh so the category today is movies that molded us. This is not our top movies of all time. These are the movies that impacted us, whatever way, at whatever age. So I'm actually really excited to get to hear your list. We're gonna start out. We always let our guests go first. So this is gonna be the order. Corey, you're gonna go first. Uh then it's gonna be Elizabeth, then Omar, and then myself. Uh, and we're all going to, hopefully we've seen the movie. If we haven't seen the movie, we're not allowed to vote on it. Uh, because if we do that, then of course we could be sabotaging someone's score. Um, but if the movie does only get a few votes, it's probably not going to make the definitive list either way. Uh, I think we should go ahead and get started. Corey, what is your third most impactful movie of all time?
0: Okay. Yeah. So like a list of 20 films in front of me, this was hard. Um <laughs>
2: it's very
1: hard to get on to three. And before anybody
2: wants to like write in and get on Facebook and tell us how shit our list is, I want you to come up with your top three list of movies emoji of all time and and see how That's many right. movies get left off of that list. So go oh, ahead. Yeah.
0: It's That's right. It's it's rough. Um but I'm gonna yeah. So I just tried to think of movies that uh like when I was young totally stuck with me. So my my number three is uh Twister from 1996.
1: Yes. Good movie. Yes. Yeah. That, That's awesome. I feel
0: like that was the first movie I remember as a kid, like belonging to like my age group.
2: Did you see that in theater, by the way?
0: Oh, I did probably twice. I, I, I remember when that was like that when they first too.
2: came out with like Dolby Surrounders. There was something or the IMAX There was something at that time in 1996 that they were doing with theaters that like, it was like a whole new, like, way to to watch movies and i remember i watched twister like very impactful because i was 16 years old you know and um i had a lot of family out west and i'd been in i think hurricane hugo um don't quote me on that but it was happened like right around that time as well in north carolina and so yeah i was very familiar with storms and so go ahead I'm sorry. He goes, your movie.
0: Good movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. It was just one of those movies where I remember, I just remember like as in fifth grade, everyone saw it. I think everyone's career path at that point was to be a storm chaser. Cause that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, know, yeah, the movie sells that as a legitimate like thing rather than just a uh, more of an amateur thing. But, uh, no, I, yeah, I even remember doing a class project. We made a video about being storm chasers. Uh, at that point, weathermen were coming to our schools because they were popular for that fifteen minutes. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those movies that I do remember. I felt like it belonged, like it was, like I claimed it, like in our in our entire like class, like claimed it. it. Is like this is this this meant something to us for some reason. It wasn't a superhero film. It wasn't a fantasy film. It it, it was like this weird adult thing we all responded to.
1: Well, speak for yourself because Bill Paxton in that movie is an absolute hero. <laughs> I mean, it's true.
0: It's true. He taught me that if I'm ever in a tornado, to just like tie myself to a pipe. That's <laughs> right. I'll pull through.
1: <laughs> or just like hit the pedal to the metal and drive straight into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Helen Hunt, uh, Bill Paxton. This movie. I loved it as well. And the funny thing is I didn't really think about this one whenever I was making my list today, but totally remember seeing this in the theater and the CGI is still pretty good. I mean, you go back and look at it, you can tell it's a little cheesy in places, but it's not bad. Um, And I remember like this, the scene where they are uh, tied you know, with a belt to the pipe or whatever. And they're kind of being sucked up into the tornado and you get the visual of inside the tornado. It's like a, yeah, there's like a mini funnel. Exactly. And you're like, Oh, that's so cool. And then of course the scene where there's the two water spouts and it's like, we got cows, you know, I mean, <laughs> and plus growing up in Oklahoma, I mean, we're used to those kind of things. We're used to tornadoes. So I think it really certainly resonated with you and I. Yeah.
0: there's a scene where Carrie L Elwiz- was, says Brian County, like Prince Wesley yeah. knew where we lived. So it was a big
1: deal. <laughs> that is hilarious. I forgot. Carrie Ellis was in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's actually pretty good in this movie. Uh, he plays kind of the, uh, antagonist, I suppose. Yeah. He, he nails the Oklahoma accent pretty well for an Englishman. I thought. Yeah. He did a much better job in this movie than he did in Saw, which I think is his worst performance ever. <laughs> oh,
0: man, he committed to that, too. He cut his foot off.
1: <laughs> in real life, yeah. still yeah. walks with a limp. That was
0: method acting.
3: <laughs> I lived just north of Wichita when that movie came out. And so when they okay. when Wichita's on the map, you know, right in the, you know, in the crease, and there's big applause in the theater because, oh, Wichita! So I get what you're saying <laughs> when Carrie Ellis says what he says because wichita did the same thing
1: <laughs> so uh what do you guys give this movie on the grayscale
0: oh, man i'm gonna give it a four cool i've watched it recently it holds up
3: um as a movie that molded me we're not saying whether it's a great movie or not right
0: <laughs> well if <laughs> you right. ever seen movies yeah. molded, yeah.
2: molded me on uh fade to gray then you know that you know we can score however we want (laughs) just (laughs) sometimes there's vindictive scoring that goes on i'm not gonna lie i mean
3: looking back as an adult it's a great movie so i would have scored it higher now but because of it this episode is all about movies that molded us i'm gonna give it a two because it didn't mold me that much like i remember the flying cow and i remember wichita on the map that's what I remember. You
1: applauded in the theater, but you give it a two in real life. Okay. I mean, All right. I was in fifth
3: grade or whatever <laughs> grade y'all were in. It's from
0: the same age. Man, rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that great
3: portrayal.
1: Right. Oh, right. he was in this movie. He's like, food. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they had a great cast. Uh,
1: too. No, they really did. Uh, Omar, what do you give this movie? Uh, uh, sort of the, some of the same
2: logic. It's a good movie. I got excited when you mentioned it. I haven't thought about twister in a while but it was one of those things it's like yeah i'm gonna be a storm chaser when i grow up you yeah. know and then it's just pure adrenaline um but i haven't thought about it in forever
1: i would give it a two and a half 2.5 okay all right um i loved this movie i think growing up in oklahoma it really resonated with me and it definitely caused me to want to i there was i went through a phase where i wanted to be a meteorologist because of this movie um so yeah, I think it molded me. I'm going to give it, but then again, there are some real continuity errors. Like whenever the, uh, whenever the pickup truck gets its window smashed a million times and then the next scene, it's perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> and you didn't become a meteorologist.
1: <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> it's true. Damn. You know what? I'm going to give this movie a three. Yeah. I
2: just, I was gonna give a three at first, but, it, but I kind of, you sway my vote. You, babe. <laughs>
1: So Twister gets That's an eleven point five total on the grayscale. I'm, yes. uh, I'm using my I'm using my calculator on just, Google just, Sheets.
3: Just say okay. Yes, I did well. <laughs> Don't tell me about I your guess. calculator on Google Sheets. Stupid.
1: Yes, I All did right. well. Thank you. But it's I'm glad turn. to know that you're checking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. I have it down here on my paper. All right. Okay. Good. So my number three because I think I'm next. Um, yes, you are next. Okay. So is remember this is movies that molded us okay <laughs> the emperor's new groove which was a disney okay. movie from 2000 <laughs> and you guys can laugh at me all you want i don't even I just care did. and you just did it and that's okay <laughs> but here's the deal okay now i was in high school when it came out so there's that yes i'm already pathetic that's okay um but i love animated movies i really love animated movies and, like, some That's of my okay. favorites from when I was a kid were, like, Fox and the Hound and the Aristocats, like, that style. And so the animating style, the animated style of The Emperor's New Groove was one of the last ones that kind of wasn't taken over by the computers just yet. I mean, they had some bits, but not all of it. I mean, like, it kind of felt like that simplistic... Um, Era. Animation, animation and it was in the 2000s yeah, like not cartoon. in the early 80s late 70s right okay so i loved it um i thought david spade he was the main voice um was great the storyline was just funny they took this like hans christian anderson story and turned it into a disney movie which i mean disney doesn't have very many um original ideas anymore and yes you can quote me on that but whatever but um they the way they turned that story into a movie, I just really loved it and thought it was great. And the voices were fantastic. And there were a lot of quotes from that movie that I walked away with. My friends and I watched it, my family and I quote it, like my brother and I actually, it was one one of the movies that I connected with my brother on and I would i he was eleven years younger than me, so I would I left home, and when I would come back, he would be like, "Let's go watch the Emperor's new Groove together, and we literally would tell Mom and dad not to be in the room with us because we would sit there and quote the entire movie so <laughs> it, i yeah, so that's my reasoning for it being number three terrible okay. strong
2: now. strong argument no, that's a very strong argument, <laughs> nothing to tear for <laughs> it's not bad that cr- cronk is in there, and then they'd have a whole spin off.
3: You so, just put your hands in the air
2: it's something my kids watch a lot so I can vote on it it's not a bad movie but I mean if I only give <laughs> Twister a 2.5 just no Emperor's New Groove doesn't
1: have <laughs> yeah sorry Corey have you seen this movie yeah yeah I have Okay.
3: the Emperor's New Groove gets a 4
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> okay Omar what do you give Emperor's New uh, Groove
2: man it
1: had zero impact on my life other than
2: when, <laughs> when I married my wife, it was always one of her favorite movies. And so before we had kids, I, I think we watched it together or owned it. I think you owned it when we got married. So anyway. We so own it. I, we
3: still own it. It's downstairs. I'm
2: sure. I think there's like, isn't there like a second one too? <laughs> In the spinoffs? Uh-huh. And yeah, we have. Of course there is. So, okay. I would give it, uh, sorry, Chris, for the math here. But um, that's fine. A one point
1: seven nine. <laughs> that's a one point eight. Um, okay, and Corey, what would you give "Emperor's New Groove"?
0: Am I ranking this on how much it impacted me, or on the quality of the film? Both. Uh,
1: you're using the rubric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rubric. Use, use Chris's rubric, which you don't have to use. It really, you can be okay. completely subjective about it. <laughs>
0: The Emperor's New Groove is probably the strongest post-Renaissance Disney film. Like after those oh. four, you know, because uh, like after like what Lion King, they took that hard turn and they're trying to be historical and it got all heavy-handed. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then and then yeah, like uh, Elizabeth's right. like uh, they they backtracked on the computer stuff. It did look more old-school, um, and it is definitely probably one of the most quotable Disney films nice. uh, of their animation studio. I'd I'd give it I'd give it a Two point
1: five. Yes! Okay, <laughs> this means that Emperor's New Groove I, is going to get a total of eight point three. After that speech, oh, I'll give God. it another point seven. Just go ahead and bump
2: it up to nine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bump it up to nine? <laughs> Corey convinced me between between Elizabeth's story of her childhood <laughs> and, and, and Corey's like knowledge of Disney. There, I think I'll go ahead and give it another point seven points.
1: All right, so 0. that means that Emperor's points. New Groove gets a nine. <laughs> On the grayscale. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm sad I haven't seen that, Elizabeth. I, I would have loved to have helped that movie out. I, I do apologize. It all right. sucks. i forgive you this time. Um, Omar, your third movie that molded you of all time.
2: It's my turn. It's my turn. All right. Before I get into my list, I learned something about myself t- today when I was researching this <laughs> and thinking of like, I, I started like looking up, you know, top movies. I first I did like top 100 movies, went through them and made a list of o- ones that I li- that I really liked. And then I, I had some in mind that I knew molded me. That's going to be my number one. But as I was going through my list, I was realizing it all came from like the same era, like 1995 and 1994. And I realized I must. And the movies I saw them in theater. Well, one of them I didn't see in theater, but it still came out in 1995. And I was realizing I was like, a couple things. Obviously, I didn't have a lot of friends then. (laughs) 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 I I don't know what I was doing with my life. I was watching a lot of movies, but uh, but then obviously that's just a time in my life that I guess was the most impactful and. And also, I'm going to go through this list right now real quick of just all the movies that like I saw that I thought were really good in that era. And then you guys can guess what what they might be. Like my top 3 <laughs> might be out of that. And I'll just give you my top my my third
3: one. Wait so, a minute. That's that's we're
2: what's not doing happening.
3: honorable mentions on this show. So,
2: 1995, <laughs> Apollo Creed came out, Batman Forever, Bad Boys, Toy Story, Braveheart, Seven. 12 Monkeys, Billy Madison, The Usual Suspects. Come on, guys. This is this is all 1995. Um, <laughs> Outbreak, which is also good. Goldeneye, The 0071, Clueless. Come on, get shorty. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. The bridges of Madison guess, County. Oh, it, God, that's a terrible movie. It is, it is. Hack- <laughs> hackers. Uh, <laughs> also do a terrible remember, movie <laughs> do you guys remember to dive forth Nicole Kim right, water world that's your favorite Chris oh, uh, I don't really um, care for that one Tommy boy <laughs> uh, Ooh, yeah and that's then a funny one. yep so home alone <laughs> no what is that anyway no I'm gonna so Jumanji and I'm gonna go to 94 real quick and then
3: wait a minute wait a minute just said 95
2: <laughs> Forrest Gump, <laughs> Pump Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Redemption, The Crow, remember that? Uh, Legend oh, of the yeah. Falls, Ace Ventura. Is Crow made my
0: list. Ooh, Ace
2: ooh. Ventura, uh, Little Rascals, and <laughs> Clerks, <laughs> Clerks, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> and that's it. Okay, so that's you get the gist. Okay, lots of really good movies. Can I guess your really number, number
1: three? Go for it. Billy Madison.
2: Hmm. That's, no, not my number three. Damn. Maybe (laughs) on my list, but not my number three. My number three was the one in 1994, Forrest Gump.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, This is a great uh, movie. movie. Yes, All right.
2: D- director Robert uh, Zemeckis, uh, Tom Hanks plays Forrest Gump, um, the older version of Forrest Gump. There's a few versions of Forrest Gump in this movie. It's such a great movie. A little long for the time when it came out, they weren't making movies that were like really more than an hour and a half, and this was two and a half hours long. It's pretty um, epic, yeah. And so we had, uh, was it Gary Cincy he plays Lieutenant Dan? Sinise. Sinise, Sinise. Sorry, sorry Gary. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Wright plays Gen Jenna. A. Sally Field. She also miss. played Princess Buttercup. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually. And then I was going to mention uh, Little Forest, uh, Haley Joel Osmet. Yeah. he uh, He's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think six, he sees dead people. Yeah. Sixth Sense. Yep. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> si- uh, secondhand Lions, Pay It Forward. And then, as very recently, I think this last year even, he uh, was in that Ted Bundy movie on Netflix. Wasn't he in oh. Tusk?
1: In what? He was in Tusk. some Kevin Smith movie. That was a really weird. I didn't. see I don't it know. So much, I can't or... remember. Anyway. Anyway. So if
2: you <laughs> haven't seen Forrest Gump, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. This is this movie was epic. <laughs> you know, um, basically, it just is him telling the story of his life. He goes on a park bench and meets lady and talks about what does <laughs> <is> mama always <laughs> say oh, there's so many <laughs> so many horrible things the Bubba, Bubba shrimp, uh, shrimp sandwich shrimp kebab <laughs> Roasted <laughs> <Mama said, "Those laughs> shrimp. <laughs> they take is that me the best you can do, God? Yeah, when <laughs> Lieutenant Dan's like screaming to to God as on top of the uh, ship during the storm. Yeah. There's That's a that scene is so amazing. Yeah. Oh man, that, that scene where so I think one of the most powerful scenes in that movie, you know, just being the Run Forest Run when he's getting bullied <laughs> as a kid and he's <laughs> uh, overcomes the, whatever disease he had with his <laughs> legs, where he had to wear the, the polio braces polio thank you and he just like takes off running and never stops running and I just that's just tear worthy there's so many different tear jerker parts of that movie and his love for Janae and dear God make me a bird it's like far 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 away uh, I mean that's just it oh and then just the story of like her life
1: alone yeah oh my yeah. God like I mean I'm just talking I, I could cry like thinking about this movie right now seriously guys. it is an incredible movie and this is the uh, I know this is technically the first episode, but we've actually talked about Robert Zemeckis directed movies before. Um, you know, of course my uh, one of my favorite movies back to the future is also as a Zemeckis film that you guys shit on. <laughs> but um, yeah. anyway um, yes, this movie is fantastic. I love the throwback uh, to all the different points of history uh, and you get to see like um Parts of, uh, of course, the Vietnam War. Uh, You get to see different presidents. I mean, he gets to go to the White House several times. Um, It's so fucking cool. It's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I must have had about fifteen Dr. Peppers. Um, yeah, that movie is fantastic. It's quotable. It's uh, well written, well directed. Certainly, Tom Hanks was great. Of course, if you were to put uh, a movie like that out today, uh, I think that left would eat somebody like Tom Hanks alive for for playing that role uh, because you know that's not politically correct to do that nowadays. I would think, but uh, certainly for the time that it came out, I believe this was ninety. Did you say ninety four?
2: 1994.
1: Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, this was uh, definitely an epic that year, and it was so good. And I love the fact that you put that uh, put this movie on the list. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. All right. Anybody else want to say anything about it before we vote on it? Cool. I'm I'm vote. All
3: right. All right, Omar.
1: What do you give Forrest Gump on the grayscale? Mm. Four and a half points. All right. So four a solid four five. and a half. Um, Elizabeth, what do you give this?
3: I'm going to give it a four as well. It was a really it, it molded me too
1: cool uh cory i really like this movie
0: it's based off a novel a lot of people don't know that and then the guy actually wrote a sequel oh. and forrest gump goes to space in that book <laughs> are you serious and what? since and i would i would give this movie a four but because the sequel never materialized i'm giving it a
1: Wow. Okay, all right, all right. That's interesting. I did not know I wanted, that. I wanted Space want, <laughs> Yeah, you want sports to go to f- space. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point. Damn it, uh, Wasn't that movie called Apollo 11? No, <laughs> Apollo 13, excuse me. Um, same actor. Okay, um, I'm going to give this movie a... I'm going to give this movie a four on The Great Scott. I love this movie. Ooh. That means that Forrest Gump gets a total... Uh, gets a total of 15.5 Ooh. on the grayscale. That's uh, so run, far. Forest Run. Come so on. So far, our highest rated movie that molded me on the list. So pretty cool. Um, I'm up next. Are you guys ready for my third? I am on the edge of my seat, Chris. Okay. So this one is it Back to the Future 3? It's Ooh. not. It's yeah, not Spencer all. Go to back to the Future You're going to go to 1. Yep, that's what he's going to do.
3: That's what he's going to do. All right. Moving on. I will on. say this. Co- Corey, you're number 2. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. It's my turn. Okay. So, so I will have to say this because out of all the movies that I've ever seen, I probably watched back to the future more than any other movie. Uh, But it's not going to be on this list for the reason that I've already mentioned it. uh, And maybe in a future episode that we release on movies that molded me, you'll get to hear about it. But um, okay. So my third... Uh, movie that molded me of all time, I'm going to say is a little bit later uh, in life than the ones that you guys have been talking about. Uh, but I'm talking about <clears throat> 2005's uh, Wachowski written and directed movie V for Vendetta uh, mm. starring Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving, God. John Hurt. Damn good movie. Yes. This movie uh, at the time, you know, I wasn't super political at all. In fact, I just kind of uh, believed whatever people told me. And so I didn't really get too too much into it. Uh, but this movie definitely inspired me to question authority and reject the idea of an overly powerful government. Um, for those of you don't know about this movie, it's, uh, of course, a post-apocalyptic, um, the USA is not even a country anymore. It's set in England, uh, or, you know, what we call England today. Um, but it's, it's so good the, the acting is incredible. Natalie Portman uh, is the real deal. And she just kills it in this movie. Same thing with John Hurt. Like John Hurt in this movie really. Remember, uh, remember the 5th of November. Yeah. But John Hurt as Chancellor Sattler was so good. He's so angry. Just such an angry tyrant that you love to hate. Uh, and of course, Hugo Weaving—you never even see his face. Uh, you just see like him behind the Guy Fox mask. And even even though it's just a mask, his acting is fantastic. His voice work in this movie is really good. Um, anyway, I, I think most people that watch this movie probably, depending upon your background, depending upon what you think about the world, you may take different things away from it. Yeah, the the, the big idea, the big takeaway is is that giving someone all of the power is really a bad idea. And I think that, you know, we see that in today's time. I think the movie's extremely relevant because we have uh, you know, a person like Trump in power that many people oppose. And can you imagine if he had the power to do anything he wanted? Oh, wait a minute, he does. Hmm this movie is so relevant <laughs> all that to say, this is a fantastic movie. I think you'll love it. It'll definitely make you question uh, your thoughts on that. And uh, the Wachowskis uh, definitely went again in this one because they originally did, or I guess the first one that I ever watched by them was the matrix. Uh, but I was definitely impacted by this movie. What do you guys think about V for Vendetta?
3: I haven't seen it. I don't think Woo! I'm, I'm sitting here trying to remember you started describing it. I'm like, at first I thought, yeah, I think I've seen it. I'm like, nope, I don't think I have.
2: I think it's a great movie. I think it's extremely relevant. I think if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. You should see it.
0: I remember it not connecting with me as much. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I do remember it being like, uh, and it might've been with you and Shirey and some other guys, some of our old friends. I remember being a really big deal for, Um, and I think that probably had a lot to do with me being very apolitical at the time. Um. But it's a very well made movie, and like you said yeah. it, and and it again i like i I appreciate the casting probably more than anything about the movie uh they 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 stuck with uh, pretty much uh primarily like British actors and things like that. they didn't like try to like find some Avis you know American actor and throw a bad British accent on them you know like they could have done, so I think they took risk with the movies and it paid off for sure,
1: yeah. For sure. I mean, Natalie Portman, I think, is doing a pretty good British accent, but I think everyone else in the film is British, though. Yeah, um, no, I think so. Yeah. yeah, Very cool. Well, what do you guys give this movie on the grayscale? I give it a five, obviously. Holy shit.
2: <laughs> well, I would... Probably give it a higher score, but I'm sitting here realizing that this movie is what made you political. So I'm gonna have to like deduct some points for that for that reason.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
2: (laughs) So, um, (laughs) it's but I really that's not part of the rubric. (laughs) I really enjoyed the movie. Um, As far as quotability, you know, remember, remember the fifth of November. That's only thing I really remember as a quote. But I definitely. it makes you think and it makes you think for yourself. And, and as far as everything you're saying with that, I get on board and, you know, we agree probably more than we don't and all that. And that's a whole nother fade to topic. We're not going there. I would give it yeah. a three point two. Oh my God. You,
1: that's too well, low.
2: It, it, it lost 0.8 points just because you're political. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, gosh. Elizabeth, you can't vote on this movie, unfortunately. Nope. Corey, what do you give this movie? I'm going to go with, uh, I'll g-
0: because it's a good movie, it's a four. Okay. And in 2005, I, I think it's cool that a movie could make, like, uh, you know, like a 19-year-old dude, like, at least be aware of what's going on around them, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. wasn't as annoying no, back
0: then. To, right. To, it wasn't to, all to get everyone was talking about back yeah. then.
3: Yeah.
1: So. Well, uh, this movie gets a total of 12.2 on the grayscale. Not so bad. So, so far, V for Vendetta is in second place uh, with Forrest Gump in the lead at 15.5. I'm interested to see where this goes in the number two spot. Corey, you're up. Two. Two. Oh,
0: man. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man um i'm gonna throw out a little uh gym uh i'm not really sure to any anyone of you've seen it so i don't know if it's gonna get a high score here but uh a little 80s film because yeah kind of like mm. Omar if i like really was breaking down i could probably fall all in the late 80s in terms of like that's that that's that's where i fall in cinema um but uh, a movie called um barry gordy's the last dragon um i don't know if anybody's seen it um, but it is like it is a kind of uh, a take on Bruce Lee kung fu movies, but it's set in Harlem. Oh, oh really? yes! Oh, come on, yes. we own this.
3: Yes, I, yes. Oh,
0: Thank you. Oh my goodness! I was. I, I the, Who's the master? Showing up. The Shogun of Harlem is my favorite cinematic <laughs> villain of all time. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it's essentially it takes place in Harlem, New York, and it's a uh, it's wow. about a, Can't believe this a young African American man who. <laughs> Uh, idolizes Bruce Lee, um, and the, yeah, there's a supernatural aspect of uh, gaining the glow, um, and yeah, it's just a great kung fu film. So yeah,
1: you lie, watched, you think he's a worse villain than Lo Pan?
0: I just I, he wears like a, a like a tiger for a belt. It's just <laughs> I, I just he's a, he's aesthetically amazing, and he's got like the same hair as Gene Simmons from Yes.
1: Movie, so yes. Now, this is a fun movie. I definitely like this movie as well. It was definitely something I watched a lot as a kid. Uh, Yeah. Am I the baddest? Yeah. It's so good. In the soundtrack. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So good.
1: Most of those movies from the 80s soundtracks are pretty great. This movie
2: is so important, like for a young black man. Like, as far as the whole idea of kung fu and low-income housing or ghetto kids like it became the an escape it became something that you know was on regular tv that they could watch and it's something that you look at i think of like some of my favorite musicians like outcast and uh people from like bunkhead a lot um Buckhead Atlanta and stuff that whole area like people just are influenced by kung fu and hip-hop and that's what this movie like just encompassed and it's it's an amazing movie I make my kids watch it, <laughs> um, <laughs> it true, did. <laughs> um, and they love it too it's it's it's, it's a great movie um with uh, obviously there's the romantic storyline of the hero getting the girl and uh, the, the villain Shownuff is trying to make sure that he's the baddest that there is, and and the humble beginnings of Blue Leroy and the disciplines of uh, his kung fu. It's just just a great, you know. Like he said, he idolizes Bruce Lee, and uh, I, yeah, great pick, great pick.
1: I'm glad you put this on the list. I, I wouldn't have thought of this, but I think it's it, it's a really cool movie to include. Uh, Corey, what would you give Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon?
0: I, I can't give it anything less than a five. I watched this movie nice. like a hundred times as a kid, and I I still yeah. go around telling people to kiss my converse as like the insult. <laughs> <only consultant. laughs> so Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I love this film. Cool.
1: All right, uh, Omar? Yeah, I'll give it a solid four. Solid four. And that's, the, that's okay. a good number. Yeah. Uh, I will also give this movie a four. I, I love it. I think it's a shit ton of fun. So uh, that leaves you, Elizabeth. Yeah,
3: they're going to hate me. It did not mold me. I did not see it until this fall when Omar brought it home.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to give it a two.
3: I'm sorry, but I'm giving it a two. <laughs> it is a good movie, right. but it did not mold me. <laughs>
1: That's okay. That's okay. It's all good. I, You know, this movie actually just swept into second place right behind Forrest Gump. So, uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. All right. Oh. Very cool.
0: I'm so glad you yeah. guys have seen this. That was a risk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always a risk with uh, some of the people we have on here. Uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> what is your second movie that molded you of all time? What's your favorite right. cartoon?
3: It's not a cartoon, <laughs> but it is a comedy. <laughs> um, I think it's a comedy. I went with uh, 2004, and I know, again, this is once I was an adult, but I didn't watch very many movies when I was a kid. Yeah, so 2004, Napoleon Dynamite, huh. written by okay, Jared Hess, written directed by Jared Hess and John H- Heder. How do you say his last name? Yeah. Heder. And Efren brun ramirez john Ruiz, i ever say his name and tina i have no idea how to say deb's last name but anyway
1: that get the food tina
3: that movie um <laughs> it as far as i can remember was one of the first movies of its kind that was like the most dry humor like it made no sense when you Talk watched about it the first time yeah but its quotability was just through the roof, and I remember I had to watch it two or three times before I just found the hilarity in it. Which, like, it if you have to watch a movie more than once, um, I don't know. I just it was it was such a weird movie, but it was so fantastic. I just loved it, and it was so low budget, and it it just like. All of my friends and I watched it, and we would have discussions. I still remember to this day having a discussion with my friend's dad, and he's like, "I just don't get it. Can you guys explain it to me?" And we're like, "No, we can't. We can't explain." Yeah, why we love are you movie. drinking
2: two percent because was- you think you're fat? <laughs> because you could drink coal if you want.
3: Oh, that's much. That was such
2: Napoleon. The let me have some line. of your tots. No, get your and own.
3: like. When Omar and I started dating, I mean, we could. I love technology not as much as you and me. I mean, that could have been our wedding song. <laughs> so, Make yeah, your own I, damn
1: quesadillas. I'm going to start calling you La Fonda. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm kind of like you, Elizabeth. The very first time I saw this movie, I didn't really care for it. It took me another watching to actually like fall in love with it, but I, yeah. I did end up loving that movie. It is hilarious, completely quotable.
3: Oh, it was fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. So good. Omar, what do you think about this movie?
2: Oh man, Rex Quando. I, I liked it. <laughs> it was, it was a good movie. Um, it didn't mold me, it's one of those things I can remember it was fairly clean. So, you know, in church circles, cause I was heavily involved at church at that point. Um, it was watched a lot in like youth groups. And so I saw it a lot when it came out and still like you know, quotability is huge, I think. So that helps the movie. Um, would I say it? I don't know. I couldn't watch it now. I don't think I could sit down and watch
1: the whole thing <laughs> through.
3: Oh dude, I so could. I want to go watch it right now. Actually. Do we own it?
1: <laughs> I saw it like last year. It's still pretty fucking great.
3: It is. Yeah. I know. It's still
1: good. Corey, <laughs> what do you, Corey, think, what do you think about Napoleon Dynamite?
0: I hate this movie. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let all that get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate Nacho Libre. I just... Oh, just Nacho Libre my- is <laughs> tits, man. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, I... I, I honestly i think the first time i ever saw this i was in like your house uh in like the fight song house you know oh, back wow. when like a bunch of 10 guys were living in one house yeah because i think jason fortenberry watched this once a week for yeah. like a year
1: that sounds about and, right and uh, so I,
0: I i always thought it was funny when the guy shoots the cow in front of the kids <laughs> that's hilarious yes <laughs> And, and and I like I liked the kip and the Uncle Rico, but aside from yeah. that it's pretty I I I don't know, it just didn't it never landed with me. But I've only seen it like the one time, so I should probably leave it.
1: You should probably revisit it. I, the very first time I saw it was in theaters with my friends and they were all laughing hysterically. And I just kept looking at them going, this is not funny. And then later on, whenever it did play a million times in the fight song house, like you're talking about, like, yeah, then it became really funny. Uh, it took multiple viewings for me to actually appreciate it, but I ended up loving it. And Nacho Libre is one of the best movies ever.
0: I can throw it on the list. too. I can double feature it and see if they see if they stick this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I love that movie. It's so quotable. So uh, that's okay. Uh, Omar, what do you give Napoleon dynamite on the gray scale? It gets a 3.3. 3. Okay. 3.3 3. Corey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I'll root for an indie film doing well. I'll give it a, I'll give it a two.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to give this movie a, th- a solid 3.5 cause I really do think it's pretty great. Um, Elizabeth, what do you give Napoleon dynamite on the grayscale?
3: I'm giving it a five.
1: Nice. Okay. So that's going to give Napoleon dynamite a total of 13.8 on the gray scale. Okay. So, uh, just a little recap, real quick. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragons is in first, no, excuse me, second place with 15 points. Forrest Gump still in first place, 15.5. And now in third place, Napoleon Dynamite with 13.8. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah. um,
3: next time you do that, let me do that. Just, just oh, so the, the I, numbers are right.
1: <laughs> did I do the math wrong?
3: <laughs> no, you did the math right, but you got first and second place mixed up, so.
1: I'm going to do it next time. Yeah, you went two, one, three. <laughs> that made no sense to my brain. Do <laughs> You know I don't math. Okay, I know. That's um, why I said I'm uh-oh. doing that part. Well, my number
2: two is going to really confuse you because my number two is a number. And my, my number what? two is number seven. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, yes. ni- 1995, David Fincher, I believe, is how you yeah. pronounce it, the guy's last name, is the That's director right. of this movie. This is a Brad Pitt movie with Morgan Freeman, Glyneth Paltrow, and Kevin Spacey, which when I was Interesting looking is this as a up, black
1: man, you mentioned Brad Pitt first. Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're going to put Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman side by side, I mean, I... Brad Pitt's a better actor. I'll say it. He's I mean, a better looking guy. He's, he's uh, uh, you don't you don't like uh, the freckles in the and the white hair. No, I think that they're, they're great man. They're he both great my dreams. actors, but Brad Pitt. Like, if I'm gonna put like both of their filmography side by side, I think I'd probably yeah definitely. But I also mentioned Kevin Spacey last. And he's one of my favorite actors, but you know it's 2020, and I don't really know if I want to show my support for Kevin Spacey or not at this point.
1: Well, the <laughs> the people that are coming out against him are dying left and right. I don't know; it's a little scary. His connection, <laughs> his
2: connection to like um, the Clintons, are, are too much. So, anyway, <laughs> no, Jeffrey so,
1: Epstein. Well, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't
2: know the storyline to seven, um, uh, one thing in 1995, obviously, I'm in the middle of my growing up, Christian, and. Really, you know, into the Bible and into all of that. So Seven with the Seven Deadly Sins, basically, it's Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are both you detectives. You were rooting for Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> well almost up in, up until the end maybe i don't know and then so you got you wanted him to get caught anyway so freeman is a retiring detective It's like his last case that he's in a catch and he catches a serial killer um brad pitt is kind of like a new detective to the force and you know they they they're catching these murders and they're finding out that they are all related to the seven deadly sins whether it's gluttony lust Oh shit! What are what are are, are all the seven deadly sins anymore? Greed. This is is embarrassing. Envy. Greed. Envy. That's four. We're missing three. Pride. Anyway, like, but the ways that some of these people died were just like very horrendous and like very graphic. And I mean, 1995, I was 15 years old, so it sticks with you. You know, you're like, it makes you want to not. Basically committing these sins because you know, like this is like the worst case scenario. Because <laughs> Kevin keep... Spacey will come after you, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's very molding. The the end, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. You know, with um, Brad Pitt's you know What's wife's in the box? <laughs> wife's head in the box. You knew you knew what was in the box, and you're just like, no, <laughs> like I mean, I was bawling, like bawling real tears when he goes over to open that box because you kn- you know what was going to happen, and it's just most movies did not end that way you know it did not have a happy ending and so (laughs) i
0: I got brad pitt fought for that ending like they were gonna like make it a happier ending brad pitt like really fought for it he was gonna like back out of the movie if they didn't keep it see i'm I'm so glad he did that
2: i'm so glad i said him first yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah see
0: there you go game top billing
2: So, yeah.
1: yeah. No, I totally agree with you, man. This movie is one of my top movies of all time. I love this movie. David Fincher. This was the first movie I remember seeing by David Fincher. Uh, and it really um foreshadowed a huge career that a lot of his movies are in my top 50 movies of all time. And this is definitely one of them. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. It's, it's horrifying. Uh, the, the cinematography is great. They've done something, you know, to, to make the film almost look washed out. Uh, Cause the movie does have a certain look to it. That's, that's definitely unique. Um, it's, it's bone chilling. And, If I remember correctly, Kevin Spacey, they didn't even announce that he was in this movie because they wanted it to be a surprise uh, whenever he was the killer, which is pretty crazy because at the time, Kevin Spacey was like a humongous actor. Um, But either way, absolutely great pick. Um, I'm so happy you put it on here.
3: I didn't watch this one either.
1: Oh, man. That's going to really sway the scoring for this
2: movie. That's sad.
3: I realize this, but... (laughs) I don't watch thrillers very often. No. Sounds like a thriller. You would
2: not it's handle definitely this movie a thriller very, very well. I do not recommend not it. Not if for there's you.
3: a wife's head in a box. No.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a major spoiler. So if it's my yeah. head in a box, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I want to know what Corey has to say about this movie.
0: Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I, I do. I love this movie. I'm a big David Fincher fan. Just like the timing of it was really cool. Like, uh, you have a uh, Kevin Spacey coming off Outbreak and Usual Suspects and stuff like that, and then like you have to not even put him in like those opening credits to keep that all a secret. That's mm-hmm. a big deal, and and then yeah, like Brad Pitt, you're kind of rooting for him. Morgan Freeman's coming off Shawshank, so like it, it, yeah, it was, it was just and then for it to be kind of as visceral as it was, yeah, I was like I, I think I didn't expect it to go as hard as it did when I first saw it, but I mean it sticks with you in like in a good way like it, yeah it, it's it's a movie you have to watch more than once as well like you want to go back and watch it almost immediately after to like start picking it up on things so yeah definitely
1: i actually rewatched this movie at halloween so it's pretty fresh in my mind and some of those death scenes oh my oh. gosh like especially the one um lust oh my god yes yeah. exactly
2: Jesus, i don't even want to talk that about is it insane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and whoever the actor was that played the guy that you know ended up killing that girl uh he just did such a great job i i, I don't even know if that guy's like a uh you know a main player but he was so convincing in that that role he was just you know obviously distraught and he played that part so well anyway uh omar what would you give seven on the grayscale well, since Elizabeth has not seen this, can I give 7 a 7? You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give it a I'll give it a 5. Yeah. Uh, I am also giving this movie a five because, like I said, it's going to make my top 50 uh, of all time. And there's no way that a top 50 movie of mine is going to be less than a five. Uh, Corey, what do you think? 4.5. 4.5. That is going to give seven a total of 14.5 on the grayscale. That means that seven is now in third place. Mm. Uh, Yeah. No, that's totally, totally a great pick, Omar. We'll see if it holds the top five. It's going to be kind of hard because we still have our number ones coming up. Uh, But before we do number ones, I've got my number two Uh, coming in at number two on my list. I'm talking about a movie from the year 2000. See, I'm going backwards in time here, Uh, which was written and directed by Cameron Crowe, a little movie called Almost Famous, uh, which I am in love with to this day. Um it stars Billy Crudup, Kate uh Kate Hudson, Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is uh his second mention on this episode. Fre- uh, Francis McDormand and Patrick Fugit. Um this movie definitely molded me because it's about a 70s rock band called Stillwater uh and their rise to fame. Um and it's I mean, that's kind of like the story that's going on in the background. The main story is about this uh, kid named William Miller, uh, who is a journalist and he's like 15 years old. And he gets the chance to write uh, an article about Stillwater. So he goes on tour with them. He's only supposed to be uh, on tour with them for a little while. He ends up uh, not being able to get the story because the band, you know, doesn't really care to give him the story and they're too busy partying and hooking up with groupies and whatnot. Uh, And you've also got, um, you know, Penny Lane, who's played by Kate Hudson, who also kind of is William Miller's, uh, uh, Patrick Fugit's uh, love interest in the movie. And it's a coming of age tell about William Miller. But the the funny thing is, is that in my opinion, yes, there is a story arc uh, with William Miller, uh, which is um, uh, Patrick Fugit's character. But really the, the best character development in the film, for, in my opinion, is Billy Crudup's character of uh, Russell Hammond, which uh, he's, you know, I guess the guitar player in the band and he's kind of, Uh, the star of that band and everyone keeps telling him he's, you know, better than that band. And so he's kind of like letting the ego get to him, but he, he just wants to be real. I don't know. It's a really cool story. But then of course I can't not mention Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, who plays Lester bangs, uh, who is the coolest uncool person, uh, in this movie, which, um, I don't know why, but there's a quote that he says in this movie that really sticks with you over time. And he says that the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. And at the time I'm like, you know, 17 years old watching this movie. And that really struck a chord with me because even though I wasn't like I mean, I wasn't uncool. I just, you know, you're, you're at an angsty age where you feel like you're kind of against the world. So at the time it really meant something to me. Um, That's debatable, Chris. (laughs) It's definitely debatable. Um, but I, I, I love this movie. It's so great. It's endearing. Cameron Crowe does a great job with this one. I think it's his best movie ever. Um, and it definitely molded me. I, you know, ended up, uh, well, I was already a musician, but this really inspired me to take it to another level. So I really, really love this one. What do you guys think about almost famous?
0: I love this movie. I yes. didn't even think about it, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, this is definitely one of those movies that should have gone on my list of 20, but yeah, like it's such an incredible movie. It's, it's right up there with that thing you do in terms of yes. movies about fake bands. Um, so, uh, but, uh, the cast is so ridiculously yes. stupid good. Um, and I, I and, and I think that's like the most enduring part of the movie for me is that like even the side characters, the minor characters are just so memorable. Uh, like the band manager, I think Noah Taylor played him. And then like, uh, Jason Lee is the, the singer. Jeff B D B is incredible. <laughs> uh, like, no, nah, like, and it's again, it's super quotable. And like, uh, yeah, I think the only flaw in the entire movie is Jimmy Fallon.
1: Yes, I Just 100% agree. It,
0: it's jarring. Yes.
1: You're like, oh, Jimmy Fallon. He, he so. seems like a cartoon entered the movie. It's so weird.
0: Yeah. 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 But no, it's, 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 it's a nearly perfect movie. I, I love it from
1: beginning to end. It's such a good movie. Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Um, Omar and Elizabeth, what do you guys think about Almost Famous?
3: I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I can't say that it was yes. one that molded me, but I can definitely vote on it because I have seen it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Omar, have you seen Almost Famous? I have. He's yes. the one that
3: showed um, it to me.
2: I have nothing negative to say about this movie, but after your explanation of it and Corey's you know, back of of it, I mean, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said about it. I, I don't know if it... We'll get to the voting because I don't know that I can give it super high of a vote because I don't know if it made be in my list, but I'm, I don't have nothing negative to say about it. Okay. Well, what would you give this movie on the grayscale? On the grayscale, it can live happily at a three.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth. I'm
3: going to do the same thing to it. I'm going <laughs> to give it a three.
1: I am not shocked. Uh, Corey. <laughs> I, I have to
0: give it a five again yes. I, I don't know I don't know if it's just being in a band at at, at that time, you know, like back in two thousand and stuff but Right. yeah it's just. Yeah, it made the rounds in my circle. It was good. It's a
1: five. Well, I love it too. I'm also giving it a five. That puts Almost Famous in the lead. It's now our new number one, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, But that brings us to our first place, Movies That Molded Us of All Time. Uh, Corey, do you want to go ahead and lead that off? Oh, man. Okay. No pressure. I can do this. No pressure. (laughs) I can do this. Okay.
0: So I'll preface this with saying, like, I was I was a horror movie kid growing up. And yeah. that had a lot to do with, uh, I had one sister who's seven years older than me and a bunch of older cousins. I'm born in the middle of the 80s. It's, like, the peak of horror films. Yeah. And so, like, my grandmother would just take movies that my cousins and stuff rented and put them in and set me in front of them and leave the room. And they were horror <laughs> films. She was, like, a terrible, <laughs> terrible babysitter, you know. Um, so I knew that I was going to have to like pick a horror film for this list. Um, and I narrowed it down to two and, uh, it was between Candyman, but I'm going to go with, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yes.
2: Candyman okay. definitely molded me. I would not go in a bathroom or around a mirror by myself for a while <laughs> after that.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, but I, I went with, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare because it was, uh, it was scream before scream. It yes. was, uh, Wes Craven dipping his toe into like, Meta horror films. Yes, Uh, I think it's the strongest of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, Personally, you think it's uh, even better than
1: Dream Warriors. (laughs) I usually rank
0: (laughs) Dream Warriors at at second. Yeah, I usually do. It's so good. I just I like the idea. Even even at a young age, I watched this movie all the time because I thought it was so clever for it to like take place outside of the films. Right. You see Robert England play Robert England. Right. And, 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 and I, I loved it. I thought it was so cool as a kid. And, and again, I think it was a good preface to, uh, just, uh, what was coming with scream and scream would like essentially revitalize horror, you know? So, cause I think this one tanked, I think this is like the weakest performing Elm street movie, but I, whatever. It's my favorite by far. And I, I watched it countless times as a kid.
1: Yeah. So. I also watched this a lot as well. This is probably my third favorite of the nightmare series. um, and the reason I say that is because I, I also grew up with uh, a parent who was constantly putting me in front of horror movies whenever I probably shouldn't have seen that kind of stuff. I mean, we, as a kid, I'm watching, um, you know, nightmare on Elm street. I'm watching Texas chainsaw massacre poltergeist. Like those are the movies I grew up on. Um, And so I really resonate with Dream Warriors uh, because of certain images in that that film. But yeah, the cleverness of the the meta horror and the fact that it's a, a movie that's about movies. Um, which was totally like you said, a precursor to scream was a really great concept and a really cool idea. And I also really, really love this movie. And I think it's actually probably the scariest of all of the horror movies. uh, Oh, excuse me. Nightmare on Elm street movies in my personal opinion. So yeah, I also really like this movie. It's a good choice. Omar. Have you seen this one? I have not. Yeah. And I know Elizabeth said she hadn't seen it either. Um, well, since you guys haven't seen it, I guess we can go ahead and vote on it. (laughs) Corey, what are you going to give this movie?
0: Uh, That's my one. I got to give it a five.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know that I can give it a five. I'm going to give it a four because it is a great movie. Um, so unfortunately that's going to give Wes Craven's new nightmare a total of nine. Uh, it deserves so much better. I'm sorry, man.
0: It's okay. I could I could have gone with Candyman, but I don't know. I had to get Freddy Krueger more love.
2: If you would have gone with <laughs> Candyman, I could have voted. You know, I'm so. sorry. But it's it's all good. I mean, I'm not personally a horror movie fanatic, or I shouldn't even say like I'm an expert in any way. So, sounds like it's a great movie. I did have a horror movie make my list, which is interesting. And I crossed out another one to put seven in. I actually, like was thinking about putting Silence of the Lambs in as my mm. number two, and I was like. Uh, Uh, I think seven stuck with me more and and is better movie. So although it's it's hard to say, I mean,
1: I think you made the right choice. I I love silence of the lambs, but I think seven is a much more inventive movie personally, but not my number one. All right. That brings us to Elizabeth. What is your first movie that molded you of all time?
3: All right. So my first one of all time has actually been on this show already. If you go to previous shows, but I don't even care. (laughs) 1987.
1: Yes. I know. Rob Reiner directed. Yes. Princess Bride. Nice. Good choice.
3: Princess Bride. It was, um, (laughs) I loved that movie for so many reasons. It was one of the first movies that my, my cousins who were older than me that were cool. It was one of the first ones I heard them (laughs) quoting. And so then because Stephanie and Jenny quoted it, then the rest of us were like, Oh, we got to see this movie. And so I'm not sure how we got to end up watching it. Cause my mom wouldn't let us watch much beyond PBS, but, um, <laughs> I remember watching it and it was fantastic. The princess, the, the villain or uh, Carrie Ellis's character, you think he's a villain, but he's not really. And I just love that. And the quotability of it, the, Imagination of all the different characters, like, there was such a
2: no more running, dif- and I mean it.
3: <laughs> Anybody, Anybody want a peanut? I mean, it? Peanut? <laughs> I mean <it's> ser- <laughs> seriously, and they got some really great actors for this show, too. Like, um, well, Carrie, we've already said that, Robin Andre, the Giant.
2: The-
3: Andre the Giant, <laughs> Billy Crystal, Chris Sarandon. Like, there was just like Wallace Sean was in it, too. That was the best character,
1: inconceivable. Um,
3: <laughs> He's just is fantastic. And um
2: My way to the seem Sportsman like.
3: It was another <laughs> one where the the budget was probably low, I think. I'm not positive, but it was eighties. So I mean you get you still have like the puppets that they're using. They don't have the computer graphics to do right. all the things. But it was just it's such a great movie. And and there was the debate when we had the when we had this movie on our show last. It was well, is this a romantic movie or is it, uh, or is totally it a family a movie? Is it an adventure movie? Is it a fantasy movie? A chick flick? <laughs> totally. Like what, how do you define this movie? And you can it's all of those. that good. It's just that good. Yeah. Right. So,
1: well, you know, I'm I mean, so glad you decided to put this movie on there. I love this movie. Um, you didn't mention Fred Savage, but he kind of Fred like, Savage. Well, you know, that's why
3: I loved the movie. Cause I had a crush on Fred Savage. When I'm I was sure saying, you so.
1: did. I mean, it's no wizard, but okay. Um, and <laughs> then, uh, Mandy Patinkin plays Eagle Montoya, who is like my mm-hmm. favorite character in this movie. Uh, he's hilarious. And I love that actor. He's such a great actor. Um, very good acting in this movie. This is actually the second time that we've mentioned Carrie Ellis in this, uh, in this list and, and also Robin, Robin Wright. Right. Yeah. So White. that's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome uh, that they've, you know, made several of the movies that have molded us. Um, and this is a very quotable movie. Um, you know, I still remember Enigo Montoya's, you know, hello, you killed my father, prepare to die, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Uh, I love it. It definitely molded me as well. So I'm glad it's on here. It
2: molded most people. I would, I would think it's really good. I, I wrote down a bunch of movies, like I said earlier on when I was going to the top 100 and that made like the original list and I'm like, but I can't put it on my top three. I'm glad it made the list though. Good job, babe. Yeah. As you wish.
1: Absolutely. As you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what do you think about this movie?
0: Oh, I love this movie. This is a classic. I am glad I made the list too. I think we've already referenced Prince Wesley and Buttercup. I think those were already said like earlier in yes. the episode. So it's it's only fitting that this made it. But no, nah, this is this is this is this is a great movie. I love it. I, I was a huge Andre the Giant fan as a kid, so it was just fun. You and me both, brother.
1: <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, what do you give this movie on the grayscale?
3: It's getting a five.
1: Oh my goodness! This may be this may be uh, high up there. We're gonna find out. Uh, Omar four point three. Okay, uh, Corey. Yeah, four point five. And I am gonna give this movie a. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm gonna do this, but I'm giving this movie a four as well. Uh, wow. wow! You think that that's puts, you think that's low
2: for you, or you think that's why can't you
1: believe that? I I can't believe how high. It, how high of a score I'm giving it. It is that good. It's really great.
3: In First place right now.
1: I've never thought of princess bride as, you know, that impactful of a movie. It's a great movie, but it really is great. Um, and yeah, it deserves the 17.8 it's getting on the grayscale. It's now, like you said, Elizabeth in first place, uh, followed by almost famous and then Forrest Gump. Uh, This is starting to be a very, very cool list. Um, There's only two more left to go. So, Omar, let's find out what your number one movie...
2: You already guessed it earlier, Chris, though. That was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is Billy Madison. I mean... Nineteen ninety-five. Stop looking at me, squad. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it?
1: What day is it? <laughs> Nudie magazine day. Nudie magazine day. Oh, I see how it is.
2: <laughs> oh man, there's so many. I this movie is the definition of molded me. I my entire <laughs> sense of humor and wit and everything comes from. I wanted so badly to be that spoiled rich kid, Billy Madison, when I was growing up. When I was nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> he, had, he had the life. Um, I might as well say Adam Sandler uh, helped write this movie as well as Tim Hurley. Um, Adam Sandler is the main actor in there. There's Norm MacDonald plays a friend. Uh, Bridget Wilson, it's hilarious. Sa- Sampras is Veronica Vaughn. so yeah.
1: hot, want to who touch the, the hindie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, oh, and then you have, and then you have Chris Farley. Like, I mean, it's such a small role, but one of my favorite roles he plays. is Like, so you know, I, you know, I hit that the other day. No, you didn't. Well, well a buddy of mine, you know, he, uh, no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> what monster would
1: eat all these sandwiches, <laughs> all these lunches? <laughs> I knew who it was that damn Sasquatch, <laughs> that damn Sasquatch. <laughs> if, if peeing your pants is cool. Then I'm
2: miles Davis. <laughs> my, my favorite oh quote, my and I'm going to do this quote because my favorite one is like a, the whole dialogue after Billy gets pulled out of the room by his ear by Veronica Vaughn. I was like, I, like, I kind of hear you. It's like, uh, Um, and she, you have the janitor guy. I forget who plays the janitor is out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, He's, he's like, Veronica, you see all those milks? He's like, he's like those milks are for the kids, Billy. <laughs> well, nobody has to know. Those could be our milks. No milks will ever be our milks, Billy. And she, she goes in, and then he's sitting there in the hallway and looks over at the janitor. He's like, what about you, Sadburns? You want some milk? He's like,
0: I'd rather have a beer. For whatever. like, as, as many quotable parts in
2: that movie with Chris Farley, you are correct. Like, uh, there's, like there's That one, for some reason, sticks with me the most, is that whole dialogue there in the hallway. I'm like, Anyway, so yeah, my number one for sure. Um, it like I just want to say that one last thing about just how the humor in that movie like was just so quick witted and joke after joke after just set up, um, and it's it's ridiculous. It's like I think we're actually dumber for listening to that speech. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I there are no, no many times that I could watch that movie and it would get old. Um, it's one of those most Adam Sandler movies I could enjoy and like watch over and over again. He is iconic hero of mine. And so respect top of the list.
1: Uh, this movie is really great. And uh, you didn't mention Bradley Whitford, but he plays the the antagonist in this movie and he's fantastic. Uh, I love that actor. Uh, he plays Eric <laughs> uh, and it's, it's absolutely hilarious. The dynamic between those two. Um, I also love this movie and it definitely is a movie that molded me as far as like comedy goes and whatnot. And it definitely is Adam Sandler's first good movie, uh, because the movie that he did before this, I think it's called going overboard was absolute trash. Um, and this one was actually funny. And then he did be put out happy Gilmore not long after this, which those are both great movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I also love this movie, Elizabeth. What do you think about Billy Madison?
3: Yeah, I can't say that it molded me necessarily. I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, I'm, it molded okay. you, babe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> When's the first time you saw this movie?
3: Um, I, it was high school. So okay, between '97 and 2001. Gotcha. Um,
2: before you say it didn't mold you, let me just say one more thing about, <laughs> because like that whole Saturday Night Live, like Adam Sandler, what he did at Saturday Night Live, what he did for yeah. comedy set up for so many other style of movies like that to where like people that we watch now like Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan, Seth, <laughs> Seth Rogen and, and, and things like that that we watch together and appreciate that humor. It's all, yeah. they, were, they would all say that that pretty much came from if, if you watch like stand-ups like I mean like that's pretty much your... like
3: from Adam Sandler spot. yeah he's yeah. he's just incredible he's our style of comic so I'm gonna give it a mm, uh, I'm gonna give it a four
1: okay uh Corey what do you think about Billy Madison
0: uh, it's been a while since I've seen it it's one of those movies where I'm afraid <laughs> to go back and watch it because I feel like I'll hate it because Adam like if you're our age Adam Sandler was kind of the guy like, in your yeah. childhood. right he was. It's like him and uh, Chris Farley and those yes, movies, Tommy Boy yes. and stuff. Kind of like I, I remember being at like the city pool as a kid, and me and my friend quoting this entire film <laughs> beginning to end because we thought we could do it, and we could because we'd seen it a hundred times. Um, it's 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 phenomenally hilarious. Like it's just I I don't know. It's it, I, I can't say like it did not mold me because it, it it was the, it was on repeat as a kid. It was just that it was. It was just one of those movies that, like, I think anyone our age, that's just, that was a part of it. It was your childhood. Yeah.
1: What would you give it?
0: I have to give it, like, a five in terms <laughs> of, like,
1: I saw it so many times
0: as a kid. Like, you just, like, and, I, and again, you're just sitting there and you can think of, like, a thousand jokes, like, stop looking at me, and things like
2: that. No, this shirt's Frank's. It, it, See?
0: Frank. They, yeah. It doesn't leave your head. Yeah. So, yeah. He, oh, my he gosh. He the what? shit poop. <laughs> Old man Clemens hates shit. <laughs>
1: Don't stamp it out with your boots, Ted. <laughs> oh, no. Don't tell me what to do, Devil Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is a classic, Corey. I would say you should totally go back and watch this because it's still funny. Oh. Uh, I watched it a couple of years ago and and laughed hysterically, and mostly probably from nostalgia. But oh, um, this makes
0: me want to go back and watch it. I'll probably yeah. do that. I yeah, cry
2: cried the Chris Farley parts, man. Like <laughs> they, it's so they, it's such a great
0: character. Like when,
1: when he's in the, the tent. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh this movie totally molded me as well. I'm gonna give this movie a four on the scale Oh my god. Yeah. Is
0: this the movie where Adam Sandler is like in a feud with a like a imaginary penguin? Yes.
2: yes. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, this is good. I'm glad I gave it a five. <laughs> That's how it starts.
1: Yeah. What day is it? <laughs> day is it? <laughs> Was it the penguin dad? Did he tell you to do this? <laughs> Um, Omar um, what do you give Billy Madison on the Grayscale oh, five no question about it man <laughs> it,
2: no question it's like the bible oh, of, co- of my comedy God. for me I don't know
1: Oh my god, Billy Madison is now in the top.
3: Number one. How did this happen?
1: <laughs> well because oh, man. the end the, the end the,
2: the clown. Like, hey kids, I bet you thought that I was dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um oh.
0: Oh, and Steve Buscemi, like his yes. cameo in this is hilarious. He just yes. starts
1: putting lipstick on while
0: listening <laughs> to ELO. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. The, exactly. Pr- the, princi-
2: the principal's moonlighting as the wrestler. <laughs>
0: you like killed a guy but i'm still
1: horny (laughs) oh my god i can't believe you only gave it a four that's what i was i think a four is very generous i it molded me it's it's really great but whenever i actually think about movies that i was impacted by like as far as it changed my life. I don't know that I can say that it did. I I would say it definitely influenced my, my, uh, humor and stuff like that. But I think four is pretty generous. Um, I mean, you have to remember I give movies really harsh scores most of the times. All right. So, well, Billy Madison is number one on the list. Uh, I cannot believe that
2: (laughs) where it should be.
1: um, and there's only one more movie to talk about. Uh, and that's you, my number one got, movie that so molded me of all time. And I'm so afraid back that you guys are going to trash this movie. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say back to the future. Although that is the movie I've probably watched the most of my entire life. Um, is Michael J. Fox in your movie. <laughs> Not
2: Michael J. Fox, the but docu- there is the another Michael.
1: The documentary of Michael
2: J. Fox. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. I get it. <laughs> there,
1: there is another there is another Michael in this in, in this movie though. Um so I'm gonna go all the way back to nineteen ninety-two. Okay. Uh this is <gasps> Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is a Tim Burton directed. Movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and Michael Keaton. I'm um, talking, of course, about 1992's Batman Returns. Um, I've crossed this off by three. Like it was almost there. Yes. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, this movie, I'll tell you why it's probably the most molding movie in my life. I'm going to get a little real here for you guys. I know we're in a really good mood coming off Billy Madison, but I'm here to take it down. Um, <laughs> in the year that it Not came out. <laughs> 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 in the year that it came out 1992, get your tissues. ready. This was get your tissues ready. This was the hardest year of my life uh, because I'm just going to get real with you guys. This is the year that my father gave up all rights on me. So it was a very dark time for me. Um, it was in fourth grade, certainly a really hard time in my life. And I wasn't super into movies. I didn't really know what my aesthetic was. I, had to, I mean, how do you know who, yourself at nine years old? You know, so this movie comes out in theaters and I remember hearing about it. Cause I, and of course I had seen the original, uh, 1989 Batman movie and loved it. Um, just because it was a Batman movie and you know, it was action. I didn't, you know, really fully understand the Joker character or anything like that whenever I watched it that young. But when this movie came out, it was super controversial because Tim Burton chose to focus on the villains and, um, you know, as this was a time in my life that was pretty hard and pretty dark, it kind of allowed me after I watched it to really tap into something in me that I had never really done before, uh, allowed me to kind of explore my own villains, I guess you could say. Uh, it allowed me to do that because here's this movie that's saying it's okay to explore dark themes. Um and it certainly is not a kids' movie, uh, although it was marketed that way. McDonald's had toys, and you know all that stuff. But um, is that the one with the penguin? Yes, mm-hmm. this you know. is the first movie I remember that was really that dark aesthetic, and I connected with that so much. Um, and it really set the stage for the type of movie that I would like, which is I like like the movies that I like the most are mostly. Dark, you know, and they explore dark themes. Um, the film, of course, focusing on the psyche of the villains, uh, you got Selena Kyle played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who, in my opinion, is the absolute star of this movie. Um, and actually like in revisiting this movie, you actually see that it's super powerful because it's really ahead of its time. Uh, and it kind of relates to the time's up movement because in this movie, Selena Kyle is really bullied by her male boss. Who's this, you know, dominant figure, Max Shrek, uh, who is also another antagonist of the film. Um, and he's a powerful, you know, businessman, he's a politician, um, or at least he's involved in politics and, uh, you know, he's really dominating uh, the women that are that are around him. And Selena Kyle is his secretary and he pushes her around, bullies her, ends up actually killing her, um, which is how she becomes Catwoman in the first place. I mean, it's kind of like a zombie Catwoman here. Um, but uh, because of that power struggle with her and Max Shrek, you actually end up rooting for her as the villain, which is really interesting. Um, but you know, her and Batman kind of share similar stories. I mean, Batman is created through the tragedy of losing his parents. Um, Selena Kyle, uh, becomes Catwoman because of this, uh, you know, struggle, um, power struggle with her boss. Uh, and they're both fighting for, I guess, like revenge in a sort of way. um, so they really are connected. And of course, you've got uh, Danny DeVito, who does a fantastic job as the penguin. And the makeup and the visuals of that movie are just so great. Like, who would have ever thought to make the penguin a grotesque monster like that? Um, and then, of course, try to humanize him. But you actually had like feelings for him, exactly. Like, of course, he, yeah. Yeah. had those yeah.
2: flippers, and, and then you like <laughs> felt bad because you didn't want to like make fun of him or think he's a villain
1: because then you feel like you're picking on the handicapped or something. Right, yeah, like, yeah. And this is like prime Tim Burton. Like he's, he's not made that many movies at this point. He's made Pee Wee's big adventure, which is fantastic. Uh, he's also <laughs> made, you know, the first Batman movie. So he's not really like, super prolific at this point, but this is such a bold decision to go this way. Um, and I really think it, it set him up for success. And I think he made the right choice, uh, cause this movie still holds up today. Uh, it's really great. It's like I said, I think it molded me as far as set the tone for what I would enjoy aesthetically in movies for years to come. And I absolutely love this movie.
3: I have not seen this one either.
1: Oh my God.
3: I know. <laughs>
2: you know what that means? That means Billy Madison's number one.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it does. It does.
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this one to get number one anyway. Uh but Omar, what do you think about this one? Oh as far as the
2: Batmans are there's so many Batman movies now at this point. It's one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you described it very well. And I, it is like, I remember Danny DeVito's character being like disgusting, but endearing at the same time. Di- I didn't know how to feel about him. And the, and Catwoman is, is, you know, it's a great character. I, I think it's great. I don't know, obviously I wasn't going through the same stuff you were going through at the time. Um, I think I would appreciate it more now than I did when I first watched it, but it was a great movie back then. But I think that holding up, like you said, it does ring true. I think it's one of those movies I I would enjoy watching again at this point. So
1: yeah, good pick. Yeah. Cool. Corey, what do you think about Batman returns? This is,
0: it, this is my favorite Batman movie. Yeah. I think it's by far the best Batman movie. Um, and yeah, it's like it's super dark. It's weird that it was Jack Nicholson uh, as the
2: Joker is my favorite. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> eight, Eighty nine Batman's dark too, but yeah, yeah it, uh, the returns went way. It went. It definitely went down a deeper hole, and it's which is unfortunate because I know they were going to make a third one with Keaton and Burton. And unfortunately, because of the McDonald's tie-in and stuff that they all got scrapped but uh nah yeah this is a phenomenal movie and, and, and again even with a movie that's kind of like bloated with villains it doesn't right. feel that way uh, they all kind of serve their purpose um christopher walken oh, does my great gosh. uh as max Shred, does not uh, do great <laughs> yeah i mean this is true and and, and, I, and i think it has a lot to do with as you said i think michelle pfeiffer kind of steals the movie as like a tweener villain like she just kind of rides that line and and I mean, like, I don't know, I think like my, my favorite scene of any Batman movies in this where Batman and Catwoman are in the masquerade and they're the only two characters not wearing masks right. because their their human personas are actually the characters they play. So right. like, I, I was like, that's, that's probably one of the coolest scenes in a Batman film.
1: Yes. Uh, scored at that point by a Susie and the Banshees song, very eighties <laughs> or, <laughs> well, nineties, <90s>, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very cool scene. Um, well, I obviously give this movie a five on the grayscale. So uh, let's go ahead and do the scoring. Omar?
2: I'll give this movie a couple extra tenths of a point because <laughs> you, you, you you brought up some serious family matters and Elizabeth hasn't seen it, so it needs a little padding. So we'll give it like a 4.2. Okay,
1: uh, thank you for that. And Corey, what do you give Batman Returns? I'll give it a 4.5. Nice. Uh, That means that Batman returns is going to end up with a 13.7 on the grayscale. All right. So it is time to calculate the best movies. Obviously we know that Billy Madison beat out uh, all of these movies with a total of 18 points. Uh, But actually it only came in 0.2 points higher Then our fourth movie on our definitive list, which is The Princess Bride, uh, which was Elizabeth's pick. Um, And then that is followed not too far behind at 16. Our number three movie uh, that molded me of all time is almost famous. Uh, Yes, very good. That's right, Uh, which is then followed by our number four pick, which is Omar's pick, Forrest Gump. That's two picks, by the way, listeners. Two picks. (laughs) Um, Which, (laughs) and I'm glad to say that Corey also has a movie on this list. I feel bad like we we did something. (laughs) We tricked our guest. Yeah, that
3: would have been bad.
1: Yeah, coming in at number five, we have Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon with 15 oh, points on the grayscale. I'm glad
2: I made it this. list. That makes me happy. <laughs> that makes me happy. It gives me a little semi-chub too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, if you'll wait just a second, I'll score up everyone's total points and we'll see who won the game. It was me. Thank you. We'll, we'll find what, out. What's
2: my reward? <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to thank God first and country. I wanna thank my mother for having me and, and introducing me to movies.
1: I wanna thank Adam Sandler for, <laughs> for being amazing. Daddy, I love you. I think you probably will end up winning. Uh, but we'll see. That was
2: my victory speech. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Corey, I, I'm really, really happy that you were able to join us on this uh, movies that molded me and Dude, yeah. hopefully we can have you back for uh, another round at some point. A few more. Uh, For sure. In fourth place today, we have our guest, Corey, with 35.5 total points. Oh, Freddy Krueger screwed me. (laughs) (laughs) Just think Candyman would have got you up the list, man. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Elizabeth got uh, third place with 40.6 points. Uh, I come in third, uh, excuse me, second place with 41.9 points. And, of course, Omar, he won this game with 48 points by boots. a landslide. Man, you ran away with it. Good job, yeah.
3: babe.
2: It was Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. And, I mean, my list is strong. Forrest Gump in seven. I mean, like, I don't know. If I went with Silence of the Lambs at number two, it might have dropped me.
1: So Yeah, I don't know. I'd still give Silence of the Lambs a pretty high score. You might have been down by a point from me. But, uh, yeah, either way. Great list. Uh, I'm super stoked on it. Glad uh, that I at least got one movie on the list. Uh, almost famous. Great movie. Yeah. And uh, looks like everyone at least got one movie on the list. So good job, everybody. Lots of fun. See you next time. <laughs> Movies That Molded Me is brought to you by the Fade to Grade Network i edited this episode the music is by heath dills and me follow us on social media at movies that molded me and let us know what the top three impactful movies in your life are